17-year-old year rolled around with the Hamilton in my exhibition series. Um, we were playing Mississauga and uh, came off the ice. Coach walked in the room and said, Troy, like, uh, there's a coach here that wants to talk to you. And I said, okay. And it was a guy named Dave Peters from Dartmouth. And he said, he'd walk up to me in like a Boston accent and said like, Hey, Troy, how you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, he's like, do you want to, he's like, uh, do you want to come to Dartmouth next year? He's like, do you know what we're all about? And I said, just like that and he's like yeah no I love the way you play it's like I need to usually I need to watch a kid four or five times to get actually like get a feel where they can cut it right I just need to watch you now if you want to come play for us next year I said, yeah like uh, yeah like can I talk to my parents first like that's right exactly my name's Troy Crema ex-professional hockey player four years at Dartmouth College you're watching Undress the Jersey my man all right we're live so yeah. so uh yeah we we you and I like we randomly connected on LinkedIn like let's let's kind of dive into that how this came about yeah buddy I mean LinkedIn I just started posting content on there about like three months ago um after I was done playing hockey worked on creating a LinkedIn influencer network actually for my first uh first gig out in New York and then I uh, just kind of got in touch with a bunch of content creators on the site and they said you know what it's great from a networking perspective and uh from there on I've just been posting video photo content on there just trying to grow my followers. I think I'm up to like 7,000 followers now or something like that. I and, uh, and then what, like, what kind of, like, what kind of stuff do you make? Like literally just like video content, just doing high level kind of, um, kind of business acumen type of stuff, reflecting on also just the day to day of an entrepreneur, uh, growing startups, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. lessons that you face. Like I just did, um, a video on thinking versus doing. So the mindset of that. Okay. And so how a lot of people say they're going to do a lot of things. Um, sure and think about it but never actually fulfill it or never actually go through with it it's it's, and, it's fun it's, it's fun to talk about yeah like, i know it, and it's, so, yeah it's very fun to talk about but no one actually physically mm -hmm. gets up and creates an action and actually goes and does it and so i was just talking about the difference between two and how actually in you can think about maybe planning as a mechanism in the in the realm of doing and how if you set planning and setting timelines for yourself to actually physically go do something right and so by planning, you're actually doing instead of just thinking about it and doing it hyperbole. This is actually something I've been thinking about a lot because, so a little bit about Undress the Jersey. Yeah. Um, I started it back in 2017. So I was in my second year, second year of university. Yeah. And, and I've always been like super project oriented, like people oriented. I want to do stuff. Obviously, I've been big into social media since it was a thing. 100%. Um, like, like just staying connected with friends and like, as, as everyone knows with social media, you, you, especially Instagram for our age, yep. you would put up a picture and then you would count the likes. And then if it didn't get enough likes, you'd be like, Oh damn, I gotta take that away. And then you're looking at your friends and being like, yo, I got a hundred likes. So like, I've always been like interested in social media. So mm -hmm. as I played basketball, uh, for St. of X. Yeah. Out East. And I remember my second year, this was the time when Gary V was blowing up. And this is when, you know, do, do, do your entrepreneur and, and create something and just do stuff. I was like, damn, I want to do something. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I just came up with this idea of a place where athletes can share their story because I reflected internally and said, yo, I got a crazy story that we'll get into. I can't be the only one. No. And, and just, just kind of on the level, uh, on the surface level, I wore the number five because it represented something bigger than 
the sport itself. So I was like, damn, I bet other people wear certain numbers. Like, why do people wear the numbers they do? So I started just whatever. Here we are. Um, but getting like what you just touched on with the whole, you know, planning and blocking out time. I've been thinking about this so much recently because here I am in Toronto with no job. I'm 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 trying to treat undress the jersey as a full-time job and content creation and, and reaching out and doing this kind of stuff, even though it ain't been paying the bills right now. Mm-hmm. Um, f- f- for me, the whole idea of blocking out time, think about all the times in your life where you've had a schedule, whether this is like being an athlete or even athlete. simply just going athlete. to school. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Student athlete. Well, you literally just, you wake up, you're lifting, you're going out, you're... And it's all, it's all regimented. Like, you have to be here at a certain time. Yeah. And even, even, even beyond that, think about when you were in junior high. Like, you had blocks of classes and recess and this and that. Like, I'm just, it's, it's weird because for, since I've been out of that ecosystem, I haven't had a real schedule. But, but it, it just makes sense. That's how humans operate is, like, scheduling time. So I'm starting to try to create and utilize like a calendar. 100%. Like, 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 yeah, you, you, yeah, that was one of my biggest things coming out of, uh, I guess, when I finished playing pro was, okay, shoot, I, shit, I had to be at the rink at 8 a.m. I had to stretch, I had to lift, I had to do my warm-up, and then went on the ice mm-hmm. from 9 to 12. And then we would, then we had a pregame skate, and I'd go back, I'd have lunch, pregame nap, okay, get to the rink at 5, pregame, 7 o'clock showtime, right? And when you're in school, especially, um, especially as a student, you actually never get out of that schedule. So like, you, especially as a hockey player, when you're in season, like you have your lifts in the morning, you're going to class, you're going, you're getting out of class, you're taking like a 36 minute nap because you know, that's how long it takes to walk from your room to the arena. And then eventually you get changed at the time. You have it down to like a science. Right. And I found that after I got out of, out of playing and all that, it took me probably, I'm not going to lie, like a year or two to start to figure out, okay, what's my routine? Okay, what's mm. my schedule? Okay, what am I accomplishing on a day-to-day basis? And that's a huge transition point. And some people are doing a lot better at doing at it than I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, once I started to get the hang of that, everything kind of started to click in the real world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, like let's, let's dive into that. Like what, now that you're no longer a student or a hockey player, like take us through your day-to-day, like yeah. what's it look like? Uh, so I work right now for, um, so I originally am a consultant, uh, it's technically an entrepreneur in residence. So I work now for a company called, um, and co-founded it, GreenCube Analytics. And basically we're a big data uh, MarTech company and we basically take everything a marketing agency do from the content creation, deploying on social media, uh, but adding a big data set to it and running some AI analytics and everything like that. And so um, my day to day now is I work, I wake up at like, well, first of all, I barely sleep because I'm just so into this. Go, 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 go. And so I get up, I'm up at like six o'clock in the morning. I'm going on a run for 45 minutes, come back, showering, jumping on the subway here in the office by eight. Um, and then eight till I never really set a time when I need to leave. It's just a matter right. of like when my, when my day gets, when I feel comfortable that I've accomplished everything I need to set out in my day, then my, then I'll leave the office. And so I mentally, like, I never actually stopped working, but mm-hmm. when you're doing something that you're passionate about, and you can attest to this, Justin, too, with what you're doing right now, um, you never really feel that you're working. You're never really, never. Like, yes, your body gets tired. Yes, you get mentally fatigued. And you need your sleep, obviously, but you're waking up every day with just kind of a genuine purpose to your day. 
and it just makes it go by that much quicker. It's it's so true because think think of all of your friends or other people that you may know that just yeah. work a job that they don't enjoy and they're like literally looking at the clock. It's completely it's completely black and white to what you just said is like you don't you don't have a time when you need to leave the office. Meanwhile, other people are like, God damn, two two more hours and I'm free. Like, 100%. And how, how, how do you how do you yeah. tell someone how how to how to sh change that mindset or or find something where you don't feel like you're working? Honestly, it's just discovery. It's literally like you have to you have to get outside of your box for your day to day. Mm -hmm. um, you just need to you need to go explore, go out, look at things. Um, go online, read. Like reading's great. Like I felt like I didn't read at all. Like when I was like coming at well, coming out of university, I would just like read basically sport look at sports highlights like mm -hmm. generally now like i picked up the twitter feed like i'm looking at random stuff and reading stuff in different industries and eventually How great is twitter i actually i don't get like why people don't like twitter more like honestly I, like my my uh, my grade 11 teacher put it the best way and this guy was like 65 years old like but he had twitter and he said twitter's like your personal newspaper and i was like it's and it's, I was like, oh, it's, it's, like, that is unbelievable. You're so yeah. right. It literally is your personal newspaper. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I find myself on Twitter way more than any other platform. Just because I, I love totally reading. agree. I love reading just new stories, updates, but also what people are saying. Like, I find mm -hmm. like when you're in your line of work, especially when you're putting out content, yeah, it's great to get the likes, it's great to get the retweets or whatever on Instagram and all these different platforms, but it's also really good to get feedback and also really good to hear what people are saying. And so, um, that's why I like looking at Twitter and I like looking at what people are saying about major subjects because it gives you more context on what you need to do in your day-to-day, -day, whether that's for sure. Day, that's the way you go about it. I mean, it's just, it's a great information source. Two, two things like one, I love using Twitter for in the moment live updates. So tonight while I'm watching, while I'm watching a Laker heat game, I'm going to be on Twitter seeing what people are saying. Oh yeah, when, when LeBron goes and dunks on Jimmy Butler per se, I'm typing in LeBron and I'm looking at what everyone said about it. it it's the, the 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 search tool within Twitter is incredible. Even even like just thinking of my day to day when I'm creating content, say I'm using the site like Canva or something, Canva.com. If Canva's not working, I'm going on Twitter and typing in Canva and seeing if other people are having the same problem. And then Service, like right? that's incredible. But but for us to sit here and say Twitter's the greatest, 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 Twitter's also one of the most toxic places you can ever find yourself on the internet. Like yeah. like do you have any crazy stories like experiencing toxicity from Twitter? From Twitter. Oh. Maybe not personally, but like like do you, would you agree with me I, when I, I say that? Athletes in general, every day. I mean, look at Antonio Brown last year. That'd be one of the examples. He posts a video where he tweets something saying, um, uh, sporadically or athletes do this all the time saying yo i'm yo, i deserve a contract or i deserve a raise or i'm better than this guy or you're nothing you're not this um that's once that's out there it's been screenshotted it's been captured you're monitored it's in the universe and so eventually that tweet will get deleted two two minutes later but it's getting aired on sports center at that's right it's crazy yeah, yeah so and i mean there there's pros and cons with everything uh, i think but it is such a great tool for communication. And like you said, specifically feedback. Um, Tr Troy, I wanna, I wanna kind of switch gears. Give, give me a little background on how you found yourself at Dartmouth. Are you, like where, like even, even far as back, like where are, you, where are you originally from? Are you from Toronto? 
So I'm from Toronto, born and bred. Um, grew up, started on the ice when I was four. Um, dad had me out there pretty early, pretty serious hockey dad. And then uh, basically just, yeah, fell in love with the game all the way through. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, when I was playing minor hockey, I played with like Bo Horvat, uh, Darnell Nurse, a couple NHLers that you might know. Uh, we had like a super power trip play team in Toronto, won a couple Ontario championships, you name it, uh, we did it. And then uh, when I was playing June, actually in my final year when I was 15, uh, minor midget, I actually um, had a spleen problem. So actually they thought I had mono at the time, but it was just some sort of, I didn't have any symptoms. So I was perfectly fine and I was pissed because I'm like, shit, well, I can play. Like I'm physically right. okay to play, but they said, well, if you get hit, you're going to rupture your spleen, you can die. So mm. yeah, I basically didn't play half of my minor midget season. It was a pretty big, I guess, name going from minor hockey going up there. So I fell off the boards a bit, drafted like, 297th overall, I still remember the number, um, in the OHL draft, and then had a junior A team lined up to play uh, when I was 16, um, a, actually, and then actually went to the camp, had a sign calling card and everything, last minute, um, literally three days, or four days, a week or two before the season, uh, ownership group comes in and says, oh, sorry, we, uh, we just bought the team, uh, I have a kid on the team, uh, he's taking that spot, because there's only, you're only allowed two 16-year-old cards at the time, and so mm -hmm. I was like, so here I am saying, well, fuck, I'm not playing midget hockey. I don't want to play midget hockey. Like, I can play junior A. And uh, so I actually had to walk on. So I went to Brampton, uh, the Brampton Capitals, who don't exist anymore. Um, they had, yeah, yeah, there's a spot open for a 16-year-old. Um, come try out. And I said, okay, I'll come up to the skate. Show up to the skate, Tristan. There was literally 125 players. There were four teams of 21 players on each side. And they said, okay, we're just going to do two – one hour, two hour sessions, um, we're a scrimmage, it's what happens. You can, I had maybe like four or five shifts on the ice, um, okay. scored a couple goals in the scrimmages, and then they said, okay, great, put a list up on the next day, then they were down to 80, and then eventually the next week we were down to 50, and then eventually the next week we were down to 35, and I'm still here, 15, 10, and then it got down to the point where it was me and five, four other kids, and uh, exhibition game came about, and um, I had a couple goals, and this, I didn't realize this. The spot was actually already taken uh, by someone on the team, but they ended up cutting that kid uh, to actually make a spot for me. And so I played my 16-year-old year there, um, didn't play a lot to start, and then new coach came in, started playing a lot, started producing, obviously, and then um, actually had a soft commitment to go to Yale at my 16-year-old year. And then I uh, went to a prep school tournament uh, down in Boston, and I was like two months out of my season. And honestly, like, I just played like shit. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, like we're going to hold off, but we'll wait and let's say you do next year. 17 year old year rolled around, went to Hamilton uh, with the Hymans, actually, Zach Hyman, who plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, his family owned the team at the time. They gave me a shot, first played top line minutes there. And then in my exhibition series, um, we were playing Mississauga. And, uh, I knew that I had like Michigan, Harvard, Yale, um, Michigan State, those schools were at the game watching me play. Um, and then I think I had a couple of assists, like made a nice like one handed pass move or something like that. And I came off the ice, it was just an exhibition game and coach walked in the room and said, Troy, like uh, there's a coach here that wants to talk to you. And I said, okay, like, it's probably like Michigan or Harvard or Yale, one of those schools. And it was a guy named Dave Peters from Dartmouth. They said, he'd walk up to me in like a Boston accent and said like, Hey, Troy, how you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, he's like, do you want to, he's like, uh, do you want to come to Dartmouth next year? He's like, do you know what we're all about? And I said, well, like, just like that? And he's like, yeah, no, I love the way you play. It's like, I need to, usually I need to watch a kid four or five times to get, actually, like, get a feel where they can cut it. Right. Like, I just need to watch you now if you want to come play for us next year. And I said, 
yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, can I talk to my parents first? <laughs> like, that's right, exactly. But yeah. like that, that always, that always fascinates me is how, you know, with with recruiters in sports, yeah, how how it, how oftentimes it comes down to one game. Like, you could be one of the best players in your age group, but it comes down to a specific. If you have one bad game or one bad performance while a coach or a recruiter is watching you, that 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 could be the and end all be all. And honestly, Tristan, there were probably schools watching me that I didn't even know about, and I probably played right. shit that one game. And that's right. And that wasn't my path. But for some reason, I had Dartmouth, Dave Peters, at that game in that moment, and that was my destiny to go to Dartmouth and play four years. See, but but you just said it right there. Like a lot of kids would be like, "Oh, screw that coach or whatever." They they don't like. I had a bad game. Like I'm better than this than this recruit that they got. Like. Yeah. For you, just to have to to show that mindset is like what happened was supposed to happen. I just I truly believe in all of that. Yeah. I don't like I'm not gonna lie, Tristan. Like I think when you're 17 years old, like you're just and you. I mean, listen, like I was a pretty good player. Like I was like maybe five, five, five to ten guys, 17 years old. Like that was supposed to go to a Division One school, playing the junior hockey league. So I had an ego. Like I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was mm-hmm. a prick when I was like 17. And uh, it just came down to the fact that I, I had like a fuck you mentality. It was like, mm-hmm. everyone was like, I don't, like, I'm the best. Like, and that's how, honestly, I think as an athlete, when you're like that age, like, yes, it, it's like looking back at it, you probably didn't want to have that mindset. But when you're on the ice or when you're on the field or on the court, you need to have a mindset of I'm the best player on the ice and no one else is going to dictate that. I'm going to dictate my own path. And and obviously in team sports like hockey and basketball and and football, you need to have a a certain level of balance to ego and being aware of like playing within the team system. But I I I completely agree. Like, you need to have the confidence because that's going to elevate your game as a player. Exactly. No doubt. So so I I just find it super cool that that so now you you're in Dartmouth. I actually went to school. Uh, high school 50 minutes away from Dartmouth in oh. uh, St. St. Johnsbury, Vermont. No way. Um, there you boarding school, I was there in 2011, yeah. uh, 2011, 2015. Um, moved, yeah, mo- moved down there for specifically basketball, but the school I was at wasn't necessarily a prep school, like, especially in like uh, New England, there's a ton of basketball schools that are exactly that right like they're literally basketball schools like Brewster Academy and Northfield Mount Hermon which I know is a big hockey school too and there's a Vermont Academy which is a big basketball but I was at I was at an academic first boarding school and and even though we were private public school we played in the uh in the public school league of Vermont but um, like being down there allowed me to stay during the summer and play AAU and travel, travel the U.S. And I got to go to L.A. and Connecticut and New York and like all these, like I played against like Lonzo Ball and his two younger brothers and LeVar was coaching them and we got pumped by 60, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I could say that, you know, and, and, you know, we even got to go see a Dartmouth-Harvard game. Like, like it, it, it's just like speak on the opportunity that, sometimes going away for school specifically in the states can mm-hmm. have on your you know career as an athlete like just opportunities 
I think like just the USA from, especially from a college perspective or even a prep school perspective, um, it's just bigger. It's just, it means more to the community. Um, I, and I hate that. I hate like in, in Canada, it's almost as if kids are so hung up about or proud about the, the program they're in, but they're not, mm. they're not as proud about the school that they go to. So people might say that, listen, I'm in Queens commerce, but they won't say, no, I go to Queens. Um, with our school in that's down in the States, it doesn't matter what program you're in. It's I go to Dartmouth, I go to that's Michigan, right. I go to Ohio State. It's really school, like a lot of school pride mm. around the West schools. And so um, when I went there, um, it was it was the exact same. Like we had a campus of only 3,500 undergrad, 1,500 graduate students, but we had a surrounding area of local fans and people that mm. loved our school and loved yeah. their sports. And so we would go and we'd play games at our, 5,000 seat stadium, which on paper we probably shouldn't sell out, but we did because mm-hmm. the surrounding community that loved it. And so um, it's just going away for school, like in the US, it's like I'll recommend it to anyone. So I think it's a great growing up experience. And I think you just learn so much going away mm-hmm. and not being around your parents. Like you're going to wake up every day, you're going to fail, you're going to fail again, you're going to fail, fail, fail. And eventually, like by the time you hit your fourth year, you're going to get it. And it took, it took me probably. I mean, I was injured my first two years, so that was like mentally, that was tough as well. But it took me to like maybe like halfway through my third year to like finally get it and like finally mm. think, hey, this is how I go about my day. This is how I go to class. This is when I study. This is how I study. This is how when I go to practice, I need to prepare. And this is how I practice when I'm on the ice. It takes a learning experience. And some, some yeah. people are gifted and they pick it up quicker, but you learn that as you go through experience. And it's no different than when you get, when you get out into the real world. Like, I'm not going to say I was like the perfect guy coming out of school. Like I didn't, I didn't have like a lot of shit figured out, but now, mm-hmm. and I still don't have a lot of shit figured out, but now I'm finally learning the process of day to day, learning what it takes to be successful, right. to move things forward. And it's just, like I said, you grow up every day. That's it. Yeah. And, and you're relying on the experience that you had and everything you picked up there. And it's, it's clear that now that's, that's implant implemented into your life now, um what what was like the travel schedule and stuff uh in the ivy league like what was that like like going to game day you know preparation staying overnight in hotels eating food on the road like what was that like being in the ivy league so it was i mean listen like uh you look when you're in like the college program you're at you're at the school you're like oh this is like we're getting like takeout meals on the bus like this isn't great but then when you get out of that and you actually go to pro hockey it like honestly I we got taken care of so well when we were in college that I missed it so much when I went to pro um our longest road trips would be like we had a couple our road trips weren't bad they were like two to three hours per se um but uh we had a couple ones where like we go out to like Clarkson University we go to St. Lawrence we go to Cornell Colgate to like very tough place to play and it would be six and a half seven hour road trips and then you'd have to drive Colgate to Cornell you're driving two hours after your game on a Friday. So you're getting in at like 1.30 to Cornell and uh, basically you're gassed, you're tired, you're waking up, you're canceling pregame skate, and then you're getting back after it and playing a team that's been staying at their home base rested. And you know that it's going to be a physical fucking tilt and you just, you just have to do it. But it's funny, like it's, you're tired, you're hurt, you're like you're wounded per se but when mm-hmm. you onto the ice for that game like nothing else really matters go time it's so funny it's like it's like adrenaline kicks in and it's like yeah so would be like shit like you're playing with a high ankle sprain like you shouldn't be playing but it's like when i step on that ice like i'm not even thinking about that. i'm mm-hmm. just doing it. that's it 
and and you guys, you you hockey guys are 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 tough, tough anyway, right? So like sometimes, maybe like you, you gotta be. Uh, Troy, Troy, where where did you play pro? So I played for the Rochester Americans when I came out of school. Um, kind of a funny story. So actually, I went to went to Dartmouth. Uh, played my senior senior year, did great. It was like Holy Baker nominee, all that. Um, first team All Ivy, and then um, gra- graduated from there. Finished. We got knocked out by Yale. Um, in, a, in a road series in the playoffs. I actually thought I was going to get called up to an AHL team right away. And um, eventually, they, I never got the call. And so I talked to my agent and said, just wait it out. Like, you know what, we'll sign in the summer. Don't worry about it. Go enjoy. And so I actually went on, uh, went on vacation with the Cayman Islands, like enjoy senior spring, like blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, I stepped out of one of my classes in April like after being out of, uh, out of the game for about like a month and a half. And uh, it was from the Buffalo Sabres who called me, and they said, like, we want you to play. It was a Thursday. They said, we want you to play in Rochester uh, tomorrow night. And I said, uh, yeah, 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 100%. I'll do that. Okay, you, sure. can't, you can't say no. Like, what are you going to say? Uh, yeah, I've been out of season for, like, a month and a half. Like, I'm not going to play. Like, you know, you got to go. So That's right. Uh, it was, like, logistical craziness. So, like, my bag, my hockey bag was actually up in Toronto at the time. It wasn't even down in the, in the garden. So they put me on a – they put me on – they got a chartered car. They took me from Hanover, Hampshire to Boston. Took, I took a red-eye flight at like 12.30 at night from Boston, Toronto. Grabbed, woke, went to my place in Toronto, slept for like five hours, grabbed my bag in Toronto, drove through, um, through the border across Rochester five hours during the day. Uh, got in at like 3.30, took a pre-game meal, met with a coach at 4, 4 p.m. the next day on, the, on Friday. He called me in with like another one of, my, one of the guys who got signed and said, you guys are like, it was really cool. He called us in and he said, listen, boys, this is a great opportunity for you. Like, you're, you're playing in the league that is one below the best league in the world. And I'll never forget that line. That after that, I was like, like, I'm not tired anymore. That's all I needed to hear. That's what's up. That's what's up. And so, uh, yeah, I played, um, played Utica Comets that night, won. And then I actually went on the road that night, uh, drove through the night there, and we actually played uh, the Toronto Marley. So I got to come home, actually, and play at a Saturday in front of a bunch of friends and family. And, that was awesome. I mean, that was an experience that I'll, that I'll never forget. Man, that's like, that's what, like that story right there. I just, that just reminds me of why I do this because like, it's, it's not, it's not every day where you or me would just randomly go on Twitter and, and share a story. Like you need a little bit of draw, like someone yeah. to draw that out for you. Um, it, that reminds me of a story I have in, yeah. Uh, in high school. So this was probably like April, May-ish, mm-hmm. maybe even June, because I yeah, high school went into June. Um, I played for an AAU team in Ottawa. Yeah. It was called Ottawa Phoenix. Yeah. And um, they would always go, we would always go to tournaments in upper state New York and, and all that stuff. So me being in Vermont, it's right next, right next door to New York. And mm-hmm. So, so Ottawa was driving, we had a tournament in, where were we going? Probably like, I think it was Lake Placid actually. Yep. Shadow, what, what, what's the, what's the movie with the Olympic team? Uh, oh, Miracle uh, on Ice. Yeah, we played yeah, that. Yeah. Hey, Miracle on Ice. Okay. So yeah, I was, you know, I was all around there. It was cool. Um, anyway, so like I'm in Vermont, these guys are in Ottawa. They're taking, they're taking off, they're driving to uh, Lake Placid yep. and they're like, how, how are we going to get Tristan to Lake Placid? Because what am I going to do? Hop on a Greyhound? I could. I'm not going to go to off flat Ottawa. Like so, they. Long story short, they sent a coach down from Ottawa, uh, 
a day before, pick me up in Vermont, and then we're going to drive. He didn't end up coming coming to Vermont to get me until, let's say, 4 o'clock. Now, I don't know how long the drive is, but it's a long drive from where I was. We had to go to Burlington, Vermont, and then we had to uh, – there there's like a ferry that goes from vermont over to new york well we missed the damn ferry of course it is <laughs> so now this is this is the evening so we're like okay like we have no choice we can't we can't stay the night like we need we played the next day Unreal. we ended up driving around the lake or whatever it is through the night now we're now we're in a we're in a jeep we're in an old jeep no windows no uh n- no doors no nothing yeah. It's nighttime. It's just me and this coach who I barely know. I'm sorry to my dad listening to this. He, he, he probably never knew. But, like, we drove throughout the night in butt fuck nowhere. Really? We, we, ended up, we ended up driving through these, like, single lane highways with no lights. And yeah. I, I swear to God, it's probably, I don't know what time, 11 at night, 12 at night. Dude, New York has no lit roads. Do you realize that? At Zero. Night? Like- when it hits, when the sun goes down, you are in pitch darkness. It was Good. nuts. And, 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 and so we're driving, and all of a sudden, we have to come to a stop because there's cars on the road in the middle of nowhere, and then there's just these people in the ditch. And all you can see are their, their, their eyes light up because of the Jeep. And we're just like, holy shit, we're going to die. we like, what's going on? And we just – we end up going by. They, they just they just watch us drive by. But, like, it's just it's just funny. Like, these are the kind of experiences where, like, you have where you're outside of your comfort zone you don't know where you are and like it's just like something like this something like your story will always stick with you yeah it's incredible um i saw i was looking on your instagram quickly david thompson what's your relationship with david i had i i, I, I saw had, yeah. was on your show the other day that was freaking yeah. awesome yeah no yeah. davy's a beauty so i trained davy trained and i trained together play for three years um I started when I was like 18, he was like 15, I think he was 16 at the time, 97. And uh, yeah, I know Dave, Dave and I train every single morning, five days a week. So I know Dave, I go way back, talented, such a talented guy. And then uh, literally like, like had, like did, had so much success in junior. Like I think he went down, he went down to Texas, Corpus Christi and was ripping up down there. And then all of a sudden he went back for his 20 year old, 20 year old year and then towards ACL. And I was like, I remember I was at school I remember in September, I just got there and I saw this thing where Davey, Dave, Dave Thompson tore his ACL. And I remember just like, literally like, I want, I, cry, I almost cried because I was like, that kid just, you put in so much work, especially like, I like the utmost respect for, especially hockey players. Cause when he played his 20 year old, 20 year old year in juniors with no commitment, like nothing. And he trains that up from when he was four years old, all the way to 20 bypass going to school when you're 18 and really like just for the love of game and his belief risked it all to play and like for that to happen I like just felt for the guy and then all of a sudden like saw that he was back training and getting after and then I saw he ended up at U of T and I was like that's awesome like he's like, great and then I saw like this past year like David Thompson OUA player of the year and I'm like that he cleaned up it can't it couldn't have happened to a better guy and I'm like I'm so proud of David he's a man yeah yeah I'm I randomly like the way I do my pages. I just randomly DM people and say, "Yo, like, do you want to do a story? Do you want to hop on a call? Whatever." David was one of the first video interviews. Yep. I've never heard of the guy before. 
but immediately like just like just like you and I are doing like you just there's there's certain people you click with and you and you read the energy and you and feel and David's one of those guys I was chatting with him last night just about hey man I'm I'm in Toronto this and that hopefully you guys have a season I'd love to come catch a game if it's open to the public he says yeah like I think they just started on the ice this week yeah um and so he's trying to soak up as much time as he can he and I are, are gonna hopefully go for lunch or something just to just kind of link up um would love to do that with you sometime too um uh, so troy what like what just as we're wrapping up here like what what talk just explain a little bit more about like your your career now and what what are some of the similarities i know you've touched on it already but what are some of the similarities that you draw from hockey and that you implement on your day-to-day -to -day today just hard work, man. Like, honestly, like when I was growing up, I was this underage player, I was underage kid, like, sorry, an undersized kid. I never, I was good, but I always had a chip on my shoulder because people thought I was too small. And um, like I said, I still carry that chip today. I carry it. I carry it when I go to the office. I carry it when I go to deals or go to meetings. Um, I always, I always, you always have to just put in the work. And I think that's like mm -hmm. the big thing. And what I've realized now is I worked my ass off when I was in hockey and then it took me a year or two to figure out what hard work, hard work truly meant in the real world because it's different. They're totally different things. Mm -hmm. And, um, now like obviously I have great mentors here, um, at a gamma capital partners, which is where I work now. Um, who had to kick me in the ass a couple of times and different than a coach would. Um, mm -hmm. but now I truly know what actual hard work is in the real world. And now right. like, what it takes to be successful because i gained that success in hockey obviously not to the extent i wanted to i mean playing the nhl sure. but now in real life you have you have to put it you have to work it's so true it's like what Elon Musk says like i work 18 hour days but really you're not working 18 hour days because you're passionate about what you're doing it doesn't feel like 18 hour days but you have to literally put in those hours in order to be successful in what you're doing and honestly it's just going by your day-to-day -day and just doing it. That's it, man. You just got to wake up. You got to get after it. And you just got to do it. How, how was that transition for you, though, to go from, like, a certain level of success where you worked from four years old all the way up till mm. the last game in hockey and then to kind of almost start at the bottom in, in business? It was hard, man. I mean, um, I came out, uh, finished playing. I didn't know what the, no, what the fuck I was going to do, to be honest. I had no clue. Um, had an idea that I wanted to be entrepreneurial. I didn't, knew I had one, had a lot of ideas. Um, mm. and then, but never really, I guess, figured out how to, like, yes, I was a thinker. I was never a doer. And so right. it took me, like I said, that a year, two years, now third year at a university or once I've done playing hockey to figure out what actually doing means. And now that you're not thinking. And so now I'm finally doing, we're executing, we're moving forward, we're getting deals. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and just having that mentality of waking up and doing every day um, just carries you through. And honestly, honestly, it's been a godsend. That's awesome, man. Uh, I don't know. I always like to leave it open for you if you had any questions for me. But uh, we're, we're approaching that 40-minute mark, which is what I find is the nice sweet spot, especially when I'm doing the editing. Yeah. Perfect. I don't know, man. Buddy, like, I love what you're doing. I've looked at, like, a bunch of your videos, I guess, over the last week since we connected. And, like I said, I think um, you're taking an approach that's different than what anything out there. You're really getting on the personal level with a lot of these players. And also, like, the fact that you're generating the amount of engagement that you are with just 
a common athlete, hypothetically, or an everyday person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the LeBron James. That's right. I think you're, you're carving out a niche that's going to be super successful. So just keep doing what you're doing, Tristan. And embrace the grind, buddy, because you're going to have days where you're saying, like, what the fuck am I doing or why yep. am I doing it? But just honestly, dude, keep doing what you're doing. Keep at it, and you're going to be successful now. No, you're, uh, you're the guy. I really appreciate that. Um, like I said, I'm in Toronto for the year. I don't know if, how long, how long you, you plan to be here, but um, – here for the foreseeable future, I'm buddy. Sure. Let's grab a beer or something sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, a couple. A couple at least. You grab, know. A grab a few. <laughs> All right, brother. No, Troy, I really appreciate it. Let's uh, stay in contact. And, uh, yeah, keep, keep working. I will, kid. You too. Keep right. going. Peace. My name is Troy Crema, ex-professional hockey player, four years at Dartmouth College. You just watched Undress the Jersey. That's it, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do so you don't miss on, on, out on any new episodes. Like this video and share it with someone who you think uh, would... As always, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Hit the like button as well. That really helps me get my videos out to more people. And share this with someone who you think would enjoy it or might learn something new. Uh, about them or someone else. Thanks so much. Love you all. Peace.